listening to another sermon podcast presented by Chelsea Presbyterian Church. Located in Chelsea, Alabama, we value community, fellowship, and love for people from all walks of life. For more information, find us online at www.chelseaprez.org or check us out on Facebook. Last week, um, Paul talked about the idea of how he went to the apostles to clarify with them the disciples of Jesus that had now taken control as the spiritual authorities instead of the Pharisees in Jerusalem to clarify them of what he was doing to make sure it matched up to how they were thinking. Uh, and rightly so, Jesus was the Messiah. This is how it should have worked, right? And he not only came as the Savior of all humanity, but also to correct the message of God that the Jews had twisted into something that God the Father never intended the message to be. Namely, telling the world that we don't become sons and daughters by doing the right things, but to correct it by saying, but by believing, repenting, having faith in the work that Jesus did to bring us into a right relationship with the Father. And this is where we pick back up in that conversation today that Paul's having with the members of the church in Galatia in this letter to them. So again, here's the, here's the background here what we've been talking about the whole time. The Jews are telling them, yes, you can repent and believe, but you need to do other things too. And Paul came in and said, no, 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 it's all about Jesus' work, not what you do. And so let's continue today as he tries to clarify to them how they're missing the point and why they don't want to go back to that way of thinking. So let's look at our passage for today, uh, Galatians 3, 1 through 9. Paul says, O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? It was before your eyes that Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified. Let me ask you this. Did you receive the Spirit by works of the law or by hearing with faith? Are you so foolish, having begun by the Spirit, that you're now perfected in the flesh? Did you suffer so many things in vain, if indeed it was vain? Does he who supplies the Spirit to you and work miracles among you do so by works of the law or by hearing with faith, just as Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness? Verse 7. Know then that it is those of the faith who are sons, Abraham. And Scripture Foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham, saying, In you all the nations shall be blessed. So then, those who are of faith are blessed alongside of Abraham, the man of faith. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Father God, uh, help us to see these things clearly today, what you'd have us to see. Uh, may your Holy Spirit work and be among us. Uh, give us wisdom, open our eyes, give us soft hearts today, in Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> we live in an age of folks leaving churches like ours, if you haven't noticed. We are pretty traditional. Uh, studies that show that people are actually more open to spiritual things than they have been for a while. But it's kind of a two-fold situation, meaning on one hand, the people are open to spiritual things and maybe this idea of God, but really not open to the church. And I get that, because we were just talking about this earlier, 
and and today churches today seem to be about rules a list of do's and don'ts a list of things that if you are doing then you're you're a great member of our church and things that you're not doing then you're less than in the eyes of God and the eyes of other people even if they don't say it but that's not God's message at all there's something I remember from my childhood um, it's a vivid image and it goes like this I brought a test home to my father and I was proud and I made a 97 on that test and I brought it to my father typical my dad fashion think Archie Bunker or in the heat of the night whatever you think of when you think of Carol O'Connor that was my dad and typical dad's fashion I said here's a 97 and he said anybody make a hundred <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay this stuck with me and for a while I'll tell you this for a while it made me interpret that I needed to make a 100 on my test to win my dad's favor. But really, looking back and seeing the pattern of our lives and seeing his intent, he was really just trying to challenge me in that moment. See, it was a total misunderstanding that I learned, later learned that my dad really loved me no matter what because I was his son and not because of my grades. My point is this. It's easy, so easy, when you look at the Bible sometimes, to read the message in the Bible that's in a way that's totally wrong, and so many people do in Christianity today, saying that we misunderstand God's challenges in our lives and begin to think that it's all about what we need to do that's necessary to make ourselves right with God versus the correct understanding that we just need to repent of our thinking that working harder and doing it ourselves is going to help us and just believe in what God has done for us and sending Jesus on his behalf and this is what Paul's talking about today so let's look at three points here uh, they're in the sermon outline we're going to talk about the foolishness of the, uh, the uh, Galatians we're talking about the vanity of the flesh um, when we say flesh it means doing things on your own and then the last thing is going to be the promise of faith Let's look at Roman number one, Galatians, uh, the foolishness of the Galatians. Paul says, O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? It was before your eyes that Jesus Christ was publicly betrayed and crucified. Let me ask you this. Did you receive the Spirit by works of the law or by hearing with faith? How many of you, when I read the word bewitched, it, gave you, it made you think of a certain show? That used to come on. Right, uh, Samantha, Darren, she's a witch. Only her husband knows. Uh, if you're a little younger in here, I think one division. Uh, but anyway, she uh, she worked her magic, remember, by twitching her nose. And you always knew that she was going to do it because it would play that little twinkling sound. And then the magic would happen. Uh, but the people around her, except for maybe her husband at times, wouldn't know it. They wouldn't know that they had been fooled or tricked, or as the show was said, they had been bewitched. In this passage, Paul is saying to the Galatians that they had been fooled, they had been bewitched by a certain belief on how they should live. And it was confusing the stew out of them. And we said it before, Paul came to Galatians, he preached 
when he started with this group in Galatia, he preached a simple message of the good news that Jesus came to share that is about a relationship with God, not about religion. It wasn't about winning God's favor. And then other teachers come on and they say, doesn't that sound too easy? I mean, don't you think that God will require something else from you? And this put them at a crossroads at that point. I mean, it kind of does sound too good to be true. The idea that God did all the work and we don't have to do any of it. I mean, we love the idea, conceptually, that we can just work harder and get better and that would be up to us. In some ways, we love that. Only until we feel like, from this idea, that it's all up to us to do all the right things. And then, I don't know about you, when it's left up to me to do all the right things, I hate that idea. That God is up in heaven and every day he looks down on me and sees what I'm doing right and wrong and judging me by that. That's, I hate that idea. If that was my view of God, I'm going to tell you right now, I would hate God. And there are people in the past that have hated God because of that view that they have of God. I know he would hate me. I know my own heart and my selfish intentions and my inability to do all the right things. That would be bondage to me to think that it was all up to me to do all the right things. And that is not the way the good father thinks about you and he thinks about me. The last question that, that Paul had there was a big question. He said, think about it. How did you get the spirit? Why are you, why, why are you questioning? How did you get the spirit? Did, how did you receive it? Did you work for the spirit and God gave it to you? He said, no. You receive it from God by faith. So what makes you think something changes after you believe? Are you just going to go back to the old way of life and now it's all up to you again? So let's look at the next point that he's talking about here. The vanity of working in the flesh, meaning working it out on your own. Paul says, verse 3, Are you so foolish, having begun the Spirit, that you're now perfected by the flesh? You suffer so many things in vain, if it, it was in vain? Does he who supplies the Spirit in you and works miracles in you do so by the work of the law, or does he do it by hearing by faith, with faith? Just as Abraham believed God, it was counted to him as righteousness. So Paul's saying, you basically left the first love, you left what you fell in love with about the gospel in the first place, and it's causing confusion at this point. I remember a commercial a few years back. Uh, and I can't even remember what the commercial was for, but there's a group of businessmen in this meeting, and the CEO comes in, and he talks about how the, the business had started, and how they had grown, but something had happened along the way. They had gotten technology, and computers, and all the paraphernalia for success. He's like, it got complicated, and they stopped growing, and they were stagnating. They were not growing as a company, and he said, we're gonna go back to the way that we used to do it. And he starts passing out plane tickets. Meaning, we're gonna go back to what happened in the first place, what grew up in the first place, and that's relationships. See, the call of Paul in verse three is a reminder to them of what the, that they fell in love with the first place. And, that's the, and that means the way that God entered their lives and used the Holy Spirit to bring them into his household not rules, not laws, but a relationship. And Paul's reminding them of that. We will see this as we keep going through Galatians. 
that our, uh, and, and reading in the, in the series coming up, that our failure to obey and grow in the faith is not a matter of simple willfulness that we can't account for our failures by trying harder, which means you're not going to grow your faith by just doing all the right things and pushing harder and just saying, I've got to just do it right and grant and bear it. No, it's the opposite of that. It's every day giving up and depending on God and saying, I can't do it, but based on your righteousness and your work, faith in that, now I can. See, the root of all of this is, why do, why do we default back to that? I mean, if that's really the reality. If we know that God loves us no matter what, we know it's not up to you, why do we keep going back and doing that again and again and again? Because the root of all this is that we, can, we want control over our own lives through our own efforts. We want that control. But our hearts are reminded of the reality of what Jesus did and that we trust in Him. Trusting and relying less on our own efforts and the work that Jesus did more and more. That's what growing in the faith means. It doesn't mean you're getting better. It means you're relying on Jesus more and yourself less. And that's the power that is used and the Holy Spirit uses in His work in our lives. And that's the power that we're all missing, we so desperately need. A lot of us right now, we need this kind of power instead of trying to do it on our own. We need it in our marriages. Some of you need it in your singleness. We all need it in our relationships. We need it to overcome temptations and addictions. We need it to draw closer to God. You and I need to get to get it to get through guilt and shame and depression and loneliness and frustrations. And the only way we're going to get through it is believing the promises of God through faith by the Holy Spirit and resting in that and working out of that. Let's look at the last point. The promise for a person of faith. Here's where he starts talking about Abraham here, verse 7. Know then that it is those of faith who are the sons of Abraham and the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preaching the gospel before Abraham, saying, In you shall all the nations be blessed. And then those who are of faith are blessed among Abraham, the man of faith. All right, this is where it gets real. Paul's going to pull the ace that he has in his back pockets on the Jews that are teaching him these things. He says this, okay, if the Jews are going to play the Jew game, think about this. They see Abraham as the quintessential spiritual father. you got to remember that. To the Jews, Abraham is the end-all, be-all founder of their religion. And Paul reminds them of this. He says, think about this. Paul lived, I mean, I'm sorry, Abraham lived before the law was even given to the Jewish nation. Before Moses, before the Ten Commandments, before all the commandments, Paul reminds them that he was in a relationship with God and Abraham believed because he had faith, not because he didn't follow the laws, because there were no laws. And that made him right in God's eyes even before there was a law. He believed God and he continued to believe. The Bible says Abraham looked forward to the day that Jesus would come and he had faith in God's provision. Abraham is a model of faith to us. And that's what Paul's talking about. But there's a little more to this passage that he goes on. Here's the application of that. Verse 9, he says, Those who are of faith are going to be blessed alongside of Abraham. As believers, we are called. 
the sons, not just the sons and daughters of God, but the sons and daughters of Abraham because of what he did to come to faith. And we are God's children by faith in the exact same way that Abraham is. And God becomes our father. I mean, we all remember the story of the prodigal son in the Bible. He blew he, he, all his inheritance from the father. He blew it all on uh, women, party, whatever he wanted. That's how, what he blew it on. He left the father and he squandered everything. And he's in misery. And he comes back to the father and he says, I know I don't deserve your love. I know I don't deserve to be your child. Will you just let me come back as one of your servants? And the father says, what are you talking about? You're my son. No matter how bad you blow it, no matter how much you squander, no matter how much of the money that you take from me, you will never lose that status and you will always be loved and unconditionally accepted by me. That's what it means to be a son and daughter of God. And that's the application of the things that Paul's talking about today. But like the Galatians, it's so easy for us to try to do it on our own. And we don't live like sons and daughters. We live like orphans. How do you know right now if you're living like an orphan? Let me give you a few thoughts. Orphans feel like they have to take care of themselves all the time. Orphans feel like they have to be strong all the time. Orphans feel like they have to protect themselves from being taken advantage of all the time. Orphans feel like they can't depend on anyone. Orphans feel like they can't be weak because other people will exploit it or see it. Orphans crave to be taken in and love for who they are, but they doubt that they ever will. Orphans always feel like they want to be accepted to belong, but they rarely do. Orphans only trust themselves. Orphans cannot get too close to anyone. And lastly, orphans always feel like they're on the outside looking in. For many years in my life, I'll just tell you, I was acting as if I was an orphan, trying to do this Christian life, but failing miserably, always feeling like guilty. I thought my failures were like mounting up like accusations of God against me, living with shame and guilt all the time, and not realizing this understanding that I can't do it on my own or depend on anybody else for my identity. When I do, I'm dead in the water. I had to look to God. I was desperate. I had no choice. I still struggle with that a lot. But that was the first step to true freedom of understanding why I felt that way. See, at some point, let me end with this, we must all through the power of the Holy Spirit remember that we are a loved child of God based on what Jesus did and not based on anything we did or that we do to mess it up. Then and only then are we truly going to obey God, not out of a, a motivation of duty anymore, but out of a motivation of love. Only then will we experience a life of faith and a life of true freedom. And we're going to talk about that more in the next weeks to come. Let's pray. Father God, we ask today that you would uh, bring us out of this bondage of thinking that we've got to do it on our own, out of this bondage, that we got to get our identity from other people, out of this bondage uh, that we are left alone and you're just waiting us to do the right thing and then you're going to love us. Lord, blow that up in our hearts and our mind. May we feel your love and your presence. Lord, some of us know that 
we're sons and daughters. We just don't feel that. Please work that down in our hearts. Please help us to, to, to have the freedom to imagine that you the way you love us and, and, and take risk in life and, and not always be bound to are we doing the right thing or the wrong thing. But also may it move us out of bondage to sin that we've been trying to free ourselves out of by just working harder and it just doesn't work. Lord, we need the power of your Son. We need the power of your Spirit. We need the love of who you are as a Father in our hearts. We pray for those things. Will you grant those to us in Jesus' name? Amen. We hope you've enjoyed today's sermon. We want to remind our listeners that our doors are always open at Chelsea Presbyterian Church, and we invite all our listeners to join us for worship. You can visit us at 1030 on Sunday mornings at Chelsea Middle School. To hear more of our sermons from our church or for more information, you can find us online at www.chelseapres.org or check us out on Facebook.